I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP show. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 323. Before we chat with today's guest, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge. This is the fifth year I've run this program to help turbocharge your Microsoft business application career. If you want to be mentored in the next 90-Day Mentoring Challenge, go to nz365guy.com forward slash mentoring for more information. And with that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Poland. He is working at 3Shape as a CRM architect. He got his MVP awarded February of this year. He loves dancing and coding. He is originally from Kiev, Ukraine. Check him out on Twitter at Dancing with CRM. Welcome to the show, Alexander Oleskin. I'm, I'm pretty sure I got that wrong. How, how do you pronounce your name? Yeah, so it's Alexander Olashin. Olashin. Awesome. Awesome. So, wow, February this year, you became an MVP. How, was, how does it feel? Yeah, honestly, it, uh, it was kind of hard to believe. Like, I, I, it was a long journey till this point, and it was such an achievement for me. Like, you know, always MVP was like almost rock stars for me, and becoming one of them is, you know, really awesome. Totally, totally. So, so just let, let's get some context. You're from Ukraine, yeah, but you currently in Poland. Tell us about how that move came about. So, um, I'm working on a company called TreeShape, and uh, they have offices both in Kiev, Ukraine, and in Poland, here in Szczecin. So, yeah, they decided to relocate me and move me to Polish office. Which there is also a long story that I initially needed to be here. So they hired me in Polish office, but because of some documents complications, uh, it was postponed. So I started in Ukrainian office instead. And then I decided to finish my master's degree and, you know, everything else is history. So instead they decided to move me here. Wow. Wow. So, so all your family's back in Kiev? No, my, well, my parents are actually from a small town called Hust, and it's of the Hungary border. So it's like 30 kilometers from the border. And uh, But in Kiev, I live since 2012. I obtained there my bachelor and master's degree. So I moved there to pursue some knowledge in Kiev Polytechnic Institute. <laughs> So, so in moving to Poland, what have you? What's your favorite food that you found in Poland that you didn't have back in Ukraine? Oh, that's a tricky question. Uh, we we had a lot of similar food. Like there are some Polish specifics. Uh, wow, I genuinely cannot answer this question honestly. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's your, what what's what's your go to food then in Ukraine? As in, like you know, what is that traditional type dish that you're brought up with? That's kind of like a favorite for you. Oh, I, I obviously like borscht. Like it's it's awesome, but also something from uh, the traditional cuisine of my native town. It's called bograc, and it's also f- uh, really uh, famous in Hungary as well. So it's basically also a soup. Uh, with meat, but with much more meat, and it's usually prepared under fire in, you know, these really big kettles. So it's it's really tasty. Uh, so if you ever will be in Transcarpathian region, I advise you to try it out. <laughs> lovely, lovely. So so you've become an MVP. Tell us about how first of all. You got involved with Microsoft business applications. Did you start on the dynamic side of things or did you start more directly on the Power Platform? So I started uh, working with Dynamics back in 2016. It was actually my first full-time job. Like before that, I got some things uh, here and there as an internship or, you know, as a part-time jobs as a software developer, but nothing actual. So Dynamics Developer was my first full job in a company called Tacom Tech. And basically, you know, I, I was a developer. I was working with 2015 version and then with 2016 and everything up from that. Uh, and, so, and so one of the questions I've, I've, I've been getting a bit recently is, in fact, this actually, I just read it yesterday on Reddit and somebody said, I'm a, you know, I'm a .NET C-sharp developer and I've been offered a job in Dynamics 365. Is it worth skilling up on Dynamics, you know, for my career? What advice would you give them? So I would say um, if you are going to be a Dynamics developer, it's not fully, I, I would say not fully developer job. And what I mean by that, it not necessarily means that you will spend your all day coding, like, Dynamics and Power Platform is uh, a low-code platform, right? So there is a lot of things that you will do uh, and will configure without writing a single line of code. And for a lot of people, it might be a deal breaker. Like, honestly, they want to spend all their all-day coding. They want to, you know, sharp their skills. And I would say it's it's not the thing. Of course, you, you will code. And sometimes in projects, you will spend a lot of time coding. But, you know, it's not the main focus of the platform. So I would say if you want to code full time, like if code is all that you need, you shouldn't go on the Dynamics route. But if you want to explore business more closely, like understand how business processes work and maybe help to model them and do all kind of business related things, then Dynamics is your path to go. Nice, nice. For for the time that you've been involved with Dynamics, what has changed in what you're doing? In other words, you know, at the start, back in the day, you would have been writing plugins, you know, workflow assemblies, those type of things. Tell us about what you did back then and what you do now that's kind of different. And I'm really wanting you to kind of address this from a developer point of view. So at that point in time, I wrote a lot of code. As you mentioned, I wrote a lot of plugins, custom workflow activities. Uh, I wrote a lot of JavaScript code. 
uh, I wrote a lot of console applications to, you know, to perform specific migrations because at the beginning of my journey, I wasn't aware uh, that SSES packages were a thing and <laughs> Kingsway Soft existed, which would save me a lot of things and a lot of time. Uh, I also wrote, you know, full-fledged Windows applications that were connected to Dynamics. And basically, in, in the beginning and back then, much more things, I would say, involved code-related things. So when I would say Power Automate, for example, became a thing, a lot of things like custom workflow activities weren't that necessary because you can just embed that logic in the flow itself. And uh, I would say we shifted a lot like from using code-related approach to more low-code things. Uh, like I would say uh, business rules became more scalable uh, and overall platform became much more um, you know, simplified in terms that you can do much more things without writing a single line of code. And then there was also kind of applications that help us reduce because for that we wrote like web resources and different type of things to perform various operations and so different things. But as soon as we could just embed Canvas app in the form, it became, you know, completely changed everything. And we could just create Canvas app and embed it in the form and make it do the thing without you know writing too much overhead of course there is still place for javascript not not gonna lie uh, currently we also writing a lot of code and uh, you know sometimes even thousand lines of code because some logic is just too complicated to be handled by business rules and it's just fine it's totally okay uh, uh, and i think a lot of things become even easier, like uh, introduction of execution context and form context, you know, it bring a bit more uh, streamlining, I would say. And, uh, you know, new things that just introduced like this year, like uh, a sync on save event, which would save a lot of things uh, with more complicated logic validation from uh, related trackers. It's also a great thing. But uh, in general, I would say that I started to write less code over time, uh, uh, of course, uh, like I, I'm writing PCF components and for portals, there is also a big chunk of code that you need to write. But in general, I would say platform became much more friendly to business-oriented people. Tell me, do, are, are you finding, um, are you still writing plugins at the same kind of volume that you were back then or you're not writing plugins at all? I genuinely almost stopped writing plugins like we still have a bunch of CVA from the old times that we are using, and we still have fair amount of plugins that just you know needed to be executed. But genuinely, I would say, yeah, we almost stopped writing plugins for the logic. Of course, sometimes it's obviously necessary, especially you know with the synchronous things where flow isn't the same. But yeah. What about web web resources? Are you more using PCF rather than web resources? Uh, not really. So PCF is for UI. You know, we can do a lot of things, uh, but it cannot enforce the business logic. So just validation on different things and stuff. So I would say we uh, we are writing still a lot of JavaScript to enforce the business logic, and uh, you know, we, we do simplify a lot of things. But sometimes logic is just too complex, and it's still a big thing, especially in our company. Uh, but 
I do write a lot of PCF, um, mostly for myself, because I like to write the code and, you know, sometimes I have an ADS, I just need to do them, like, just to, today I released a new PCF component to be able to change your toggles to something more interesting with the library called More Toggles CSS. And, you know, as in, as in, so it's a visual. It's a visual. It allows you to visually change change your toggles. Is that it? Yeah. So basically, you can replace the standard toggle with uh, my component, and there is a bunch of CSS classes that you can just specify in the properties and completely change the look of your component. Like it can be iOS style, it can be Android, it can be a Material, whatever. There's like a list of components. So just one component, but multiple visual representations, which I really like. You've been involved with PCF through its journey. What are the key things that you would talk about as into why to use PCF and also what do you see the limitations of PCF uh, as they stand at the moment? So PCF is primarily like for UI purpose. So if you have some specific visualization or some logic that can be reused as a component that have some UI capabilities, then it's a good scenario for PCF. Like just what I said, like you want to have different toggles, that's a good variant for PCF. Or you want to present your data set completely differently, that's a good variant for data set. Or one of my first component was attachment gallery control to visualize nodes as a gallery to see those images. And it's also a good thing for PCF. But if you have just a business logic in general, then of course it's not a PCF. It, it shouldn't be a PCF. It should be just a web resource. And uh, for the current limitation, I would say uh, one of the things is a performance. So especially if you're writing with React, because right now, and for some time already, uh, it all PCF components will load all dependency uh, for themselves. So if you have like five components that use React, you will have five copies of React on your page. And you know, especially if you write an unoptimized code or use heavy to load libraries. If you use a lot of components, you know that might uh, impact the performance and uh, loading time of the pages. What do you, What do you think needs to improve still on PCF from from Microsoft side? Well, uh, the things that I wanted the most, and I think most of the people will agree, is like we are using the React, we are using the Fluent UI to make it look like a native control. So we we are eagerly waiting for this performance improvement. So just one React so we can have as many components as we can. Uh, I would say that would be the most waiting thing for all of us. I like it. That's cool. That's cool. Tell us about how you became an MVP. So my journey to the MVP uh, started two years ago, a bit more, uh, with your program, with your 90-day spentering challenge. That was my call to action, actually. So you said that we need to start blogging or sharing our knowledge in some way. So I decided to start my blog, Dancing with CRM, and uh, share with people what I do, what I know, primarily coding. So in the beginning, it was PCF, because PCF was a hot topic back then. It, it just getting started, and I was interested in it. And they started writing about different PCF components they built, how to work with them, etc. But uh, then I moved to a 
a bit more like in general, like Azure functions and what you can use, just not Dynamics and Power Platform, but a bit more, but how you can use these different things with it. And then for the last year, year and a half, even more, I, I was primarily focused on Power Apps portals because my latest projects were related to them and I started writing a lot of things that I discovered and how it, how it works, some tips and tricks and uh, deep dives onto new things that come to the uh, Power Apps portals. And that's what I, I was speaking about on different conferences. Uh, so like Scottish Summit this year, I was talking about Power Apps portals and Web API and you know how can you use it, what are benefits, what are downsides. Uh, because I think right now, Porcel allow you to be, especially if you're interested in web development and uh, front-end development, more flexible with the technology. Like you can use more code there and do much more complicated things. So that's what's kind of become interesting for me in recent years, I would say. Has the MVP, getting the MVP in February this year, has it had uh, any impact on your career? Um, uh, not yet, I would say. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, what, one thing that it did change is the amount of visitors of my website. <laughs> uh, that one grows significantly, uh, since I became an MVP, but rather than that, yeah, I don't think that, uh, especially professionally, nothing changed. Okay. Um, what recommendation would you give to other people if they're they're considering that you know MVP might be something that would be of value to them in their career? What's what what would your recommendations to them be? So, just start sharing. It's not necessarily need to be you know blogs because I know that it's hard to write. For me, it was really hard. I was never a person who writes things. Uh, I really like to explain, I, I really like to do gestures and stuff, but at the same time, it was hard for me to start writing, but you know, you just need to do it constantly and you keep betting, uh, but keep, uh, keep becoming better and better in it. Uh, but you know, if it's hard for you to blog, maybe try to record a video, maybe that's your thing. Or just go to forums and answer questions. That's what I do, I become a PowerApps forum super user. And I'm answering questions on portals forum because that's kind of my thing and I'm sharing what I know because there's always people that's just starting. There's always people that just come into this uh, platform and they don't know things, they reading docs, but it might become you know, complicated. The platform still has a lot of legacy things that might not be um, you know, understandable or easy to digest for the person who just started and you know your knowledge and things that you can share because you were in the space for the time and you know it is really valuable for them so it's it's never late to start because there's always people who are starting as well with the platform and you might help them i like it alex that is uh fantastic advice uh i always like to wrap up with some quick fire questions are you ready for yours yep sure okay what's the first concert you ever went to Oh, it was um, in Kiev. It was um, my current. Uh, it's my wife's favorite group called Melinsa, and it was a rock concert. Nice. Um, in Kiev, did you? Or sorry, in Ukraine, did you play Monopoly? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. So what? 
if, if you could choose any piece to be, which piece would you choose a Monopoly? Oh, wow. Uh, like, what version of Monopoly we are talking about? We, we, you, you know how they used to have those little box. tokens and you could you could be a hat or you could be a, 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 a chair or a train or something like that? You know, the little tokens that marked you as the player? Which one would you choose? I always like the car one. We had, like, a small red car, which was fancy. Okay, the final question here, a bit random. Would you rather have no arms or no legs, and which would you choose? Oh, uh, no arms. Wow. Uh, yes, I, I love to dance. I love to move, and being without, uh, you know, my uh, legs would be horrifying, honestly. Wow, that is awesome. Alexander, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show uh listen folks uh if you get a chance go check out this website thanks again for coming on it was awesome thank you for having me here hey thanks for listening i'm your host business application mvp mark smith otherwise known as the nz365 guy if you enjoy the show and you want to support me in continuing to make the show check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash nz365 guy Otherwise, stay safe out there and see you next time.